0: Tonight's message is based upon our gospel reading, especially with the beginning, these first two verses. Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. Now the Pharisees, they have read the scripture. They have memorized the scripture. The holy scripture that does say that hand washing is required for the priests. It's in the Bible. They have since extended that requirement to all people. To all of the Hebrew nation. After all, it's better to be safe than sorry. Highlighted for us here, is not only the danger of adding to scripture, but there is a true danger in majoring in the minors. Now, it is a universal human tendency to say more than what God has actually said. It feels safer to do it that way. It feels more secure that way. This is one of the ways of the world to be safe and not sorry. During my years in retail, it was very, very common for the company to adopt a stricter policy than what the law said. Better to be safe than sorry. Refrigerated foods back then at least, were required by law to be kept under 51 degrees at all times. But just to be safe, an alarm would go off any time it went above 45. But it's not just food safety. We had labor laws, too. Labor laws required us to keep part-time workers under 32 hours a week. We kept them under 28. Better be safe than sorry. Now that is man's word added to man's word. That can be a good and safe thing, but that is the way of the world but man's word added to God's word is neither safe nor good. Take these very popular words, for example. Hate the sin, love the sinner. In the Bible? Nope. These words were made famous by Mohandas Gandhi, Gandhi, who died as a believing Hindu. Gandhi, who even denied Christian conversion in his late life. He had denied Jesus Christ as the only Son of God. So where did this come from? Well, you see, hate the sin, love the sinner. That's what God does. Hate the sin... Love the sinner is a teaching that falsely grew out of a couple very popular gospel passages. In fact, these words of Jesus Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. Jesus was not saying, Don't hate the sinner. Jesus wasn't saying, love this sinner, love this woman. Jesus was redirecting them, telling them to look at their own sin. God redirects our focus on sin. Jesus, who also did say, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but not notice the log that is in your own eye? Now, Jesus isn't saying, don't hate the sin of your brother. Do not hate the specks in your brother's eye. His point behind it was to first take the log out of your own eye. To redirect you inwardly. As he did the Pharisees in our gospel. First, you must look inward to your own own heart. This is Lent. God redirects our focus in an inward direction on sin. The love of God directs us to be safe and not sorry in hell. Man's word added to God's word will cause us to be rather sorry. So Jesus answers the hand-washing question of these men with a challenging question of his own. Forces them to look inward. And why do you break the commandment of God? For the sake of your tradition. God does say, honor your father and your mother. But I need to give a little history behind us. Pharisees would give exception to that rule. For that which must be given to synagogue projects, temple projects, and ultimately to the riches of priests, that must come first. That must be foremost. The rule of man, when it's added to the rule of God, ends up in this way, that the rule of man trumps the word of God. In other words, honor your father and your mother when you can, if you can. Follow God's commandments if it suits you. Keep God's commandments as long as it doesn't bother your Friday night out. You shall not murder. But add to it, it's okay to be mad at your favorite football team when they lose. You shall not commit adultery. But it's okay, you're not hurting anyone by just looking. You shall not steal. But that's okay, since you know how not to get caught. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. But it's okay, because they'll never hear what I said about them. Let's talk about loving your neighbor. Is loving your neighbor only when you come into contact with them? No. Loving your neighbor is what you do even when your neighbor isn't around. Loving your neighbor comes natural when you fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Loving your neighbor in commandments number 4 through 10 is what you do when you follow follow commandments 1 through 3. Loving your neighbor is what you do when you love God. So let's start out with the first one. To be safe, you have to regularly look inward into your own heart in order to love your neighbor. So first is the first commandment, you shall have no other gods. The first commandment is a commandment for your heart. Where do your loyalties lie? Who forms your rules? Who or what gives shape to your family values? To whom do your allegiances lie? To what does your heart ultimately attach itself to? And it's, it's quite easy to tell. Just listen to what comes out of your mouth. If you were to record or write down everything that you said yesterday... What God is that coming from? Do you find yourself talking about something more than anything else? A certain sport or hobby? A certain news anchor? A certain politician? A certain idea that plasters itself across your screen? That is your God. Happens to all of us. What comes out of the mouth is what is proceeding from your heart. So thus saith the Lord, commandment number two, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The second commandment, to loving God, is a matter of your mouth. It flows from the first commandment of the matter of the heart. And if you don't follow them, and then your heart and your mouth are fully aligned Outside of the allegiance to the one true God, evil thoughts, murder happens, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander shall continue to defile you. So only by the grace of God does he give a third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. When I teach the kids this commandment in confirmation, I keep it simple and I summarize it for them. Go to church. When I teach the adults this commandment, I summarize it for them too. Go to church. The third commandment is all about holding God's word as sacred, gladly hearing it, and gladly learning it. Why? Because it directs you back to the first commandment. It directs you straight away back to your very own heart. It forces you to look inward. And it reminds you to whom your allegiance should lie. It reminds you to whom you should give your utmost loyalty. Fear, love, and trust in God above all things. The Father who created you and sustains you, gives you the Son who saves you, and the Holy Spirit who reminds you. He knows what is safe for you, and he knows how to keep you from becoming sorry. Our love, our allegiances to many gods, they may shift direction in many and various ways, And it's attested to by the words that come out of our mouth. So in order to save you, in order to forgive you, God becomes one of you. And he shows us what true allegiance to God alone looks like. You want to know what it looks like? It looks like this. That is the ultimate allegiance to God. Jesus on the cross, obedient, holy, complete obedience to all his commandments, and it keeps you safe and not sorry. Lent is a time to recenter your heart on the steadfast love of God. His steadfast love, his heart always faces towards you and forgives you. Thanks be to God. Amen.